Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everyone. A wonderful day yeah, on the Central Coast. It is quite beautiful outside. Fog's burning off. It's going to be... Gosh, it's going to be 4th of July here real quick. It's coming up. Not next week, but the week after, just in case I scared any of you. <laughs> you don't have to go to Costco yet and buy a bunch of barbecue stuff. We made it to summer. It's it is here. officially summertime. It's 100 degrees up in North County. It's, uh, you know. All the good movies are out now. I went to the movies last night. Did you? What did you but see? Usually it's like, oh, man, like... One of these is look, looks good, and but I have to see it at nine fifteen. <laughs> That's fine. I guess we'll eat dinner beforehand. But no, I saw Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Yeah, was it good? It's it's good, entertaining. Here's the thing about Jurassic Park, and and I'm gonna just take a quick side note here. I don't know if there's anyone that hasn't seen Jurassic Park, the first one in the movies, or not in the movies, but like. When I was a kid, the first Jurassic Park came out. I was like 12 or 11 or something. And the first time that you see those dinosaurs like run across that valley of the field and the, the score comes up. Play the score, Jim. You've got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, it's like breathtaking. It's taking you so long. It's breathtaking. You know what I mean? Now it's like the, it, the marginal utility has diminished. It's like, okay, there's dinosaurs and stuff. They look real. They look very real. But the special effects at the theater, you can't beat, you know, right. the sound, yeah. the dark room. Um, but what I will say is this, they they touched on some key topics like stem cell research, if you will, and cloning. And, mm-hmm. um, and I thought the movie itself was very entertaining. I never once was like, okay, like this other dinosaur is going to eat somebody. Right. Um, what I will say, though, is I really like the cast, the, the lead guy. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but he's like the perfect balance of like an action character, but also funny. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all in all, the movies are in a full effect. Summer's here. If you get a chance, go check out Jurassic Park this weekend. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah. Cool. Cool, yeah. I think it's a long build up for this, but you know the scene. There, You can take a, a helicopter ride. Yeah. In Kauai, right, and get and, the Jurassic and they yeah. tour. Yeah, they, yeah, they play this song. Yeah, <laughs> when you enter the area where where they originally entered Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. In the first episode, and I think I, we're. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I was I was crying. <laughs> in the movie last night. In the helicopter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah wow. We're finally getting into it here. There you go. Yeah. It's it's a great score. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they yeah. bring it back for the? Oh, Jurassic of course World? they did. They like intertwine yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna save him. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 
That's what I did last night, but it feels like summer because you're at the theater. It's air conditioned in there. Yeah. Kids are running around free. They've been playing all day. Now they get to go to the theater with mom and dad. Go see a seven o'clock movie. Walk outside. It's still kind of light out a little. I got to go see it. You know, because I'm like you. The first time you saw it, I was like, where did they find a brontosaurus at to use in the movie? Right. Seriously, because it was like, that looks like a real thing there. Nothing else mattered. For that yeah. three seconds, I didn't eat popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it was. You know, something, something eating vegetation. I know that. But, yeah. but it was like, where did they find this living dinosaur at? Yeah. Hollywood's always got to make it better, you know, so there's this new engineered dinosaur that's pretty right. amazing. Oh, the special effects just keep getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did last night. Cool. How about was- you, Dan? I did not see a, a, a movie flick? in the theater last night, but last week I did. Last weekend, okay, saw The Incredibles. There Incredibles you go. Incredibles too. My kids aren't ready for Jurassic World. Oh no way! Eh, I think it's just a little scary. A couple times I closed my eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you get um, ripped in half by a dinosaur. Yeah. That's Incredibles not good. is more our speed. Yeah. It was good. It was good too. Do you are you having to like fill in as the Incredible Dad at home now? Like, dad, oh, I'm always the Incredible answer? Dad. <laughs> i'll go get the cape <laughs> right yeah oh i we have a wardrobe of capes and superhero masks oh that's and, so great yeah we've got them all good parents you gotta <laughs> do that stuff. it makes you parent. feel young too of course yeah plus you gotta carry one kid under the other arm and you know it's like, yeah you know, i mean any parents are credible you know you yeah that's exactly right that's yeah. exactly right it makes you feel incredibly young and old all at the same time yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. incredibly tired is what most of the parents i talk to yeah. say yeah <laughs> But, uh, oh. cool. well, yeah, it's uh, definitely signs of summer. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, Baseball is here. That's right. Full effect. Not to mention the Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios is really good. You know, I haven't done oh, that. I haven't oh done gosh. that. I don't know if I have either. Yeah. You got to. That's another you summer, get summer down there, thing, there right? There you go. Go to Disneyland, go to Universal Studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Disneyland's so expensive and crowded anymore that we've decided that we're going to do it once and do it big and do it when the kids can remember so we can remind them of when we did it. Yeah. Mm. So I think like next year, the year after mm-hmm. is going to be the perfect time. You'll do the ho- hotel. Disneyland oh, yeah. With a, you'll take Stay the there tram. for like a month. Just, yeah. Mm. No, I don't know. That might require, ref- <laughs> yeah. that might require a refinance. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose of your refinance? I'm <laughs> yeah. going to Disneyland for a Disneyland. month. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you you yeah. are smart to do this first. <laughs> your credit score would go way down if you added up all that stuff to your credit card. Yeah. yeah. Walt Disney will not have remorse for your yeah. wallet. Well, you can imagine, though, too. I mean, we talk a little bit about financial stuff. When he was trying to put the park together and he was trying to sell all these stocks and people not, this is going to be an amusement park. Why do I want to buy that for? And then if you still had some of that stock today, mm-hmm. after you bought it in the 1950s and for you like still nine bucks a share. Yeah, and now it's like, you know. Seriously? Can't you say that about pretty much anything, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I uh, mean, Disney's now getting into media, you know? They're, Disney's they, huge. They own they ABC, bought, ESPN. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're now there's a deal huge. and they're going to buy 20th Century Fox. Correct. Uh, I saw I that. Think, yeah. I think that went through. I yeah. think that deal, they're, they have. Yeah, I think they've acquired. So now they've got the rights on the to like the Wizard of Oz and stuff like that. Yeah, you, know, you know, just money making machines. They own Star Wars. Star Wars World is going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm going to that. Yeah, 
Yep. I've got a Han Solo costume ready. No, I don't. That would be weird. I have a Han Solo costume. Well, you did. What's so weird about that? Yeah. I don't have. I mean, okay. You're right. I probably offended some of our listeners. Yeah, I'm displeased that I have to go trick or treating with the kids. So I got to wear something. I was Han Solo, I think it was last Halloween. It was. You're right. Yeah, it was last Halloween. Right. It's cool. Neat. (laughs) All right. Well, help me get out of this before we get call ins from our Star Wars fans. Uh yeah, it was a it's fun little fun chat. Right, it's kickoff. It yeah, it's a kickoff. Yeah. We can't just start talking about news, people. Right. No, got to warm up. Did our vocal exercises right yeah. before we came on, and wanted to quickly just thank the listeners that are sticking around from Motor Mouse. I was listening as I drove in. I was joking with uh, with Jeff at, during the changeover here at the top of the hour break that as they were talking about bad parking and parking courtesy just courtesy in general and parking lots i'm i'm passing a gentleman on Hygera street who decided to block the right two lanes of traffic as they waited for someone to vacate their spot on the street so they could take it i thought that was pretty thoughtful mm, nice yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what timing yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah. All right, but here we are. We're shifting gears. We're going to get into the news of the week, real estate and economic related. And uh, as always, we're live here in the studio, ready to take your phone calls. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to like to get on air, you can give us a call here at 805-543-8830-805-543-8830. Jim, I'm just realizing we're probably going to need to update that little sticker there that reminds us of the phone numbers. Because, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, because you got to yeah. put the It's not a seven-digit thing anymore. That's right. I haven't changed your, you know, some of your stuff. When, well, we do a rerun, and I did put the 805-543-5626 onto your name. Yeah, you know what? I'm now just thinking about our jingle. Yeah, we got to do like, all this stuff. Man. I know. It's got to be redone. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's going to have the same yeah. catchiness to it when you try to squeeze in those extra five, five, four, three. <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> where we add an extra measure for eight oh five. Something's different. Hmm. Well, it's a change, and change can be good. Sometimes change is annoying. Speaking of change, tariffs are changing. <laughs> That's right. We had some actually go into effect yesterday, right? That's correct. I think it was the $3.4 billion from v- that were imposed by the European Union on the United States on some of the uh, iconic products, I believe is what they were saying. European Union is adding tariffs to whiskey, American whiskey, um, Harley Davidson. That's right. And uh, I forgot. There's another one that was just an iconic brand. Baseballs might have been Levi's or something. I'm not sure. Sure, but um, yeah. And so now there's talks about. I, I know there's been a lot of focus on German autos in particular um, from our from our president. Correct. Um, the administration is retaliating now. They're targeting the the German automobiles up to as high as twenty percent. Right. On, and, on, on new ones to come in. And there's so much talk and so much going on. I get a little confused on what's actually in place as of today and what's looming that's um, correct yeah what's just a threat and what's not 
But I believe the $3.4 billion imposed by the EU on those iconic products started on Friday. And I know there's a few um, tariffs with China that I believe are going to be, that are scheduled to begin, um, I want to say it's the 6th of July or perhaps the 9th of July. Yeah, it's coming very quick. The The U.S. Um, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said in, in early July... Uh, a rate of 10% increase on almost $2 billion worth of Chinese products will be in effect. There's no exact date because, again, these things are really like poker matches right now. It's like if you don't do this by then, then we'll set it up. And naturally, we're talking about huge powerhouse nations. Um, if you play poker, sometimes <laughs> it's not easy to fold. You know, Sometimes you want to push. And I do think that the, the one message, maybe it's a marketing spin, maybe it's the maybe it's the truth, is that America's saying, look, this is good for us in the long term. So we're going to try to reestablish, um, you know, fair pricing globally right. for our American companies. It goes back to the whole message of, the, of this administration's campaign. You know, we're going to make America great again. We're going to think about us first. The thing is, though, there's a lot of machete, excuse me, a lot of jungle you have to machete to get to that. You know, you got to get through a lot of these little consequences there's moves and counter moves and we see it in the marketplace too how it trickles down and affects our economic outlook mm -hmm. of what could happen which yeah. is really like crystal ball magic who knows but yeah the justification you're hearing from from the trump administration is that there's we've it's unbalanced trade is unbalanced with a number of countries mm -hmm. and in order to restore more of a balance there and and like you said more fair pricing practices that that's what they're looking for is more fairness in the way imports and exports are handled between a lot of the european countries and the asian countries mm -hmm. and so they're by threatening these tariffs it's a it's a tactic to try to restore fairness so that's the the justification rhetoric you'll hear from the Trump administration, you've got, you've got the, I don't know. You, I, I hear from some of the industries that are being affected, like f farming and and other industries that the tr the tariffs are being threatened against. That there's concern that it may, it may hurt their reduce ability. Demand. Right, it'll reduce, reduce the demand. demand. You know and. Even if, uh, yeah, it's such a complex issue. Super complex. It, it really is. And, and so, you know, there's also some talk that I was catching this week that, you know, with the midterm elections looming here in November, there may be some reluctance on the part of some of these other nations to fold or to, to the Trump demands right now in hopes that perhaps maybe there's you know, his a changing of the guard. Right. The that, that maybe the, the midterm elections will show a lot. You know, they're going to show that if there's still support for some of these policies that, um, you know, maybe they will have to negotiate and, and come to terms with this administration. But if there is some kind of changing, if you start to see more Democrats move in and you see kind of get wind that may, maybe there's some mm -hmm. just not you know that that policy that those policies aren't as as 
favored as they were maybe two years ago, um, that that they might use that as leverage. You know, so they're they're going to hold on here. I, basically, what I'm saying is that I don't know that you're going to see anyone backing down between now and November. Yeah, for the history buffs out there, this is really similar to the progressive era of presidents that took place. You know, in the late 20s, excuse me, early 30s through the 40s, you know, Roosevelt, Taft, Wilson, they all just kind of said, we need to reshuffle the deck. Like, this is, you can't be doing what we've been doing. I think it's good in some ways, but, you know, what it boils down to us, we're not here to talk about political news or, you know, uh, economic news the whole time. It really does come back into our industry daily with regards to the stock market's corrections are our predictions of, of how this these events will affect U.S. companies and U.S. companies' ability to earn money. And that outlook, you know, in stock, when people that, in, when investors, big investors or just in, individuals invest in the stock market, they're looking for future earnings to come in. Those aren't coming in. We see dollars going into the bond market, something much more secure that then starts to affect our ability, not our ability, our, our rates directly, you know? Exactly. I mean, when, when the Fed is, is making policy, they're looking at these economic numbers. They're looking at the strength of the economy. They're looking at GDP. They're looking at trade balances. They're looking at, at growth. They're looking at all these different metrics and then determining policy based on that. So when you have something that may be viewed as a headwind, to economic growth that can that can affect policy which can affect mortgage rates it can affect a lot of things i mean everything seems to be intertwined anymore mm-hmm. um you know you can- there's a group of cfos though that work with um the financial news it's i think it's 40 different cfos from major companies and they have they call it the cfo council what most of them said over 66% said the benefits from the tax reform and job act from 2017 that was put in play supersede the current disruption of the tariffs. So I'm transitioning a bit, but the tax and job reform act has helped these companies stay even keel with what's happening now. This is all still very new. Like you said, Dan, we're not exactly sure what the, what the aftermath of this is going to be. But um, we are seeing companies not be as worried about it yet. They're worried about the next six months. But in the first six months of this year, we've seen quite a few um, one-time special dividends go out to shareholders. We've seen some wage increase. We've seen more than I'd like to see. We've seen a lot of stock buyback from these companies that have extra cash laying around. But it, um, it's interesting how these two things happen. You know, maybe 10 years from now, we'll look back and say, oh, it was brilliant that we did the Tax Reform Act let that settle in and then started the tariff war because we already gave them, you know, we gave them something to, that would increase cash. And then we went ahead and started ruffling the feathers of the other countries in the nation. Um, I'm speculating. I'm not an expert, but I do think that it's worthwhile to say that most companies are saying this isn't affecting us the first six months of this year. And the tax reform has helped us out quite a bit and allowed us to be in a position to take on this type of call it risk for return. If we can get tariffs to be more fair, then we can all as a country, as the United States, maybe we can lift ourselves up a bit more 
Sure. Yeah. If ultimately it does result in improved trade conditions for U.S. companies, then yeah, they'll they'll be the big winners in all this. Um, so yeah, that's nothing short of a bold move, right? For sure. Um, what I was going to add to that um, talk about tax reform and, and the Jobs Act is that um, jobless claims again have come in very very well. Um, the market labor market is tightening. I feel like this is the third year now we've said if we can just see income start ticking up enough, then um, it's going to be it's going to have a a direct a direct impact on what you can qualify for. Obviously, when there's more income at the household, but give you another option on you know something as simple as five thousand dollars more a year can get you into that next tier of housing if you're right on a cusp of. You know, a house you you're getting approved for a house that's say let's say it's four hundred seventy five thousand, but then you start bringing in five k more a year, that can easily bump you into the five ten five fifteen price range, mm-hmm. which as you know in this part of the state is a, that's a difference in, you know, a three two now maybe going to a four two or something with a bigger backyard, something in a in a neighborhood that's in a better school district, you know that. That between high fours and low fives can make a big difference in this region. So if you've recently heard that you're getting a raise or you're expecting one coming in quarter three, a good time to revise your loan approval and talk with your loan officer. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the wage uh, thing and how it's impacting the Fed. Um and their decision making. There was a we we heard from the Fed Chair Jerome Powell this week. He was at a at a some event in in Portugal and and made some comments. Some of them were kind of uh, contradictory to uh, I thought at least a little contradictory to last week's Fed decision and press conference and Bit some more, of the takeaways. Yeah, um, maybe seemed, he didn't want that to hit the press. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it is time to take our first break here. Uh, gotta freshen things up, freshen up the coffee, get a little water, maybe going here. And, uh, we will be back and talk more about, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell and his comments this week. So stick with us for more Mortgage Matters. 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage expert. On the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. 
Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. With trade wars escalating, the market is seeing some serious volatility. Are you nervous? With banks not paying anything on their CDs, where can you put short-term funds for decent growth? Look no further than Century Financial Consultants. We have a new five-year guarantee product paying 3.6%. This product is tax-deferred unlike a traditional CD, and your rates won't change like an indexed annuity. You're guaranteed. Contact Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 324-7914. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Beethoven, really. I think so. It's really good. Yeah. I think Elton John's more like our Mozart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Mozart was Elton John glasses on right now. What if I do? (laughs) (laughs) You do have Elton John. What if I do? You do. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like what if. (laughs) No. But, you know, I think Star Wars. Magical. Jurassic Park. Oh, and, did he do Star Wars too? Yeah, and he wow. did, and he did Jaws. And oh, yeah, some great, amazing theatrical great music. Scores, yeah. yeah, so fitting. It's almost like the show, the movie gets made after the score. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing music. So yeah, this week uh, a little earlier we had uh, Jerome Powell in Portugal, and he was talking about the U.S. economy. Uh, saying it's in great shape, the economy is performing very well, and that because of that, there's strong case for continued uh, gradual rate hikes. Um, last week, after the press conference, after their decision to raise rates a quarter point, uh, a lot of a lot of economists took a, took from that meeting, from that press conference, that we'd that we'd probably see two more rate hikes this year. And Mm -hmm. that was, um, you know, a lot of people might've thought that already, but there was a a healthy number of people that thought there was only going to be one more rate hike this year. And after, after the press conference last week, more people thought that two was, was the likely, um, two, two rate hikes remaining. Yeah. Yeah, Remaining this year was, was the, uh, the takeaway from that this week. I, I kind of thought that maybe it seemed that he was backing off of that a little bit. Um, 
But at the same time, you know, describing the economy is in great shape. Um, you know, obviously labor, the labor market's very healthy, lowest unemployment rate in like 40 plus years um, at 3.8%. And I think for the first time in quite a while, we have more job openings than number of people unemployed. So healthy, healthy labor market. But he continued to describe that wage issue, mm -hmm. lack of wage pressure, um, given the strength of the labor market, was a mystery. That was... I've been that saying that true. forever. Yeah, it's a complete mystery as to why, um, why we're not seeing more wage growth. Yeah, it's been stubbornly low for so long, and because of that, we're there's also this small mystery regarding inflation. Normally, in this type of market, when you see the unemployment rate so low, um, you start to see wage pressure, upward rate wage pressure of employers um, basically competing with one another to keep the best talent at their company mm -hmm. by paying them more money mm -hmm. and or trying to lure good talent from other companies by offering attractive wages, right? That's how you bring in people, the good people. Um, but we're not seeing that. So that's that's i think the thing that keeps the fed very um modest i guess in their in their rate hike projections and and things like that um i believe it's an evolution of the modern day workplace now they have chefs that cook food and you don't have to come to work at 9 just work your 8 hours People are working. I live near Mind Body here in town. People are working at like two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. I've I've heard. You know, we're obviously in a very different part of the country. We're not in a major metro. We're not in San Francisco or L.A. I like or, to call it paradise. Right, Go on, Dan. It is paradise. <laughs> um, I've heard that in those big markets, because traffic is so horrible. I mean, it's. It's out. It's we're un so, unfathomable. We're so lucky to live here. My commute, I know your commute's much like mine. It's like all of two miles. Yeah, three I go miles through like four work. lights. Right. I mean, traffic isn't a thing. Traffic is someone's in front of me. Yet I still like, come <laughs> on, man. Right, like, can you, you just know. move over? <laughs> all right, I'll go around you then. <laughs> I'll go around you. Now I got to cut you off to make a Because there's right. no one in that other lane. <laughs> yeah. That's traffic here. Traffic in the Bay Area is not moving in six lanes of of traffic everybody's just honking horns and you know it's just it's terrible well i brought up a a few weeks ago my aunt and uncle sold their house in santa clara moved past the robles right the tax base thing and all that well part of the reason they did that is because the apple campus was right down the street from sure the, and the new one the big the, thing the, that they built, yeah yeah eighty thousand more cars and how much of your life day, how much of your day. life is spent in a yeah. in a vehicle that's not yeah. moving. Yeah, eighty thousand right. every right. eighty thousand new cars every day going up down streets outside. We the have house. a couple of banks that we work with Crazy. that are based out of the Peninsula area and these major metro areas. Um, a good account executive that I talk to frequently, he starts driving home at three and he handles the rest of his day from the car, like on the phone. My point here is that more than salary, 
people in these big right. cities are negotiating time, uh, work time at home. Yep. That's a bigger deal to them than pay. Yep. Um, you know, because of the exchange, if if I can get, uh, you know, I'm going to, yeah, great, cool. You're going to pay me a hundred grand a year, whatever it is. That's That's great. But how many days can I work at home? Right. I might take a pay cut. Right. Oh, oh, I got another company over here. That's going to pay me $80,000 a year, but they're going to let me work three days a week from home. And you're only giving me one day a week. Yep. So that's something I got to think about because those extra days at home are days I don't have to spend two hours in the car to work, two hours in the car, home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, plus mm-hmm. just the stress and mm-hmm. frustration of being in that. It can get so much more done. You know, it's just that's, kids, that's I can what be with my kids, kids. I can hit the yeah. gym right. or whatever. I mean, you hear about this millennial and, you know, what drives them and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I believe all of it. But one of the things is experiences, <laughs> right? They're into experience. and um, They are. And part of that is, you know, how, how what kind of value does anyone place on the experience of being stuck in gridlock traffic? I mean, that's like got to be at the bottom of the experiences. It's darn near. <laughs> right? It's darn near. So um, with... Rather dig With a that ditch. mindset today of young young people, the young workforce coming up, they want they value their time. They value mm-hmm. what they're spending their time doing more than just money. And so, you know, I'm reading things like, you know, these these young people who are able to work remotely, mm-hmm. they're using that freedom to, you know, oh, I'm gonna live in Montana for a couple of years because I just want to experience Montana, mm-hmm. you know. And then a couple of years later, I'm going to go over to this other state because I want to experience what life's like in the you know the Midwest or in the South or in the East or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're using that freedom, and so it's less a and and so I wonder how much of that contributes to. You know, I think it's in the pie chart. It's there's a lot of different factors, right? Yeah. We've talked about some of these things that could be leading to lack of wage pressure. Part of it's maybe money isn't as important as other fringe benefits with the job. Maybe it's the stock option. We've got right? a lot of aging workers exiting the workforce and being replaced by younger workers who are exactly. willing to work that job for a lower wage because they don't necessarily have the experience or the need so much for higher wages mm-hmm. yet in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's, a, and you know, then there's always the old automation and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing Certainly. That, that puts a little bit of downward pressure on wages. So Certainly. all those different things, and it's hard to quantify that in some of these statistics that we read. It's really difficult to discern all that. Yes. Um, but you got to believe that some of that's in there. <clears throat> Nevertheless, my economic professor would just be pulling his hair out because because of the demand, because of the the shortage of supply of labor now, because of that would just just sitting on the sidelines because everyone's got a job. Wages should go up for the reasons you mentioned earlier. You would think, yeah, you've got to you know even if you're expanding your company at a very normal growth rate, you want talent. You should be paying more for talent, but um, like you just elaborated on so eloquently it's not the almighty dollar anymore that's taking the cake it's the terms of the deal right Right. yeah there there's more to it than just the money anymore um but with that said the fed is keeping a close eye on this sure because you know the the, dollars are what float into the economy right that's what buy the goods right and you look you look back at at 
history. History has a tendency to repeat itself. Um, in previous cycles, when employment rates hit low points, you do historically see companies compete for better talent by offering better wages. Mm -hmm. And you do historically see periods of, of much better wage growth. You see five plus percent per year of wage growth, which for companies to absorb that, those, those higher wages, they have to offer their products and services yep. at higher costs, which leads to higher rates of inflation. So we're going to keep a close eye on that and see if this trend continues or if the historical trend starts to take over. Um, a significant portion of the GDP is, um, you know, real estate sales and the housing market. And that is, you know, the prices in this real estate market, especially in the state of California, are easily experiencing inflation. I mean, seeing it easily. Uh, I mean, the average year to year appreciation for real estate is 5%. And I mean, that's like at least what most of our California um, citizens are seeing. You know, in the Bay Area, it's crazy. It's 15% a year. It's astronomical. And, the, and so I just worry about, because the, the housing expense is usually the biggest line item on the personal finance budget, you know, without more and more wages, I worry about where people's ability, where the ability to afford housing goes, you know, we're going to build more units. We need them mm -hmm. bad. Well, how much are those going to cost? Right. How many times a week do you get that question, Dan, all these new construction projects coming in Avila ranch, Rigetti ranch has already started here in San Luis Obispo, um, rice ranch down in Orcutt with coastal community builders. Um, they're all those units. What's affordable going to be, you know, cause the cost of materials are going up because the demand is there, right? People need housing. We're in such a shortage. So I, I'd, I'd like to see some wage go up. I'm okay with um, the 10-year treasury note going up and inflation, these prime rates going up if people can get more wages. Sure. If we can't get more wages, then, you know, my industry and most people's household budget is going to be heavily affected on where they can live. I, um, <clears throat> I saw this article yesterday um, titled why the American dream no longer includes home ownership. It's kind of interesting. I thought it would be fun to go through some of their, their oh, rationale yeah. and, and talk about whether it it's merited or not. Um, Tell me it doesn't include a car that you finance or something now. Is it a no, nice car? It, it has a lot to do with, um, doesn't make fun of us Americans. No, okay, no, no, no. It, it has a lot to do with, I don't know, just some of the, the typical things that you would talk about with uh, renting versus buying, you know. Um, but it, it also goes into that that idea that millennials like the experiences and like to be more mobile and that owning a home doesn't necessarily equate to mobility. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's kind of counter to that. It, it makes it more difficult to move around at your whim when you are tethered to a 100%. to a home some people feel shackled right i can't change this job now right yeah so um really quickly just to wrap up that that fed talk there um the last time we saw rate or unemployment rate below four percent was um was in the 
mid 60s, I believe. It was in the the early 70s or late 60s. And um, from 66 to 1970, um, unemployment was below 4%. Um, During that same time, we saw inflation go from 2% to about 5% in just a relatively short period of time. So again, that's what the Fed is going to be keeping a close eye on. That's what the Fed chairman has has been talking about. It's mm-hmm. just it, there's this mystery surrounding these these couple of numbers here that are pretty important to them and um and that they're willing to let inflation run a little bit over the target for a, a short period of time, but if we see wages start to take off and if we see inflation start to follow as it historically does then before too long we'll start to see the fed raise rates at a higher level a faster level than what we've been seeing yeah they, right now they're just trying to do it more to normalize rates than anything um the the typical um the typical catalysts for rate hikes like inflation and things like that aren't aren't showing so yeah i mean we're hitting our weird. our index rose 0.2 percent in may the uh economic index rose 0.2 percent it was expected to rise 0.4 i mean people are out buying stuff but it's not it's not at, at a level of of worry and so we were even commenting on the 10-year note yield which is our benchmark for 30-year fixed mortgage rates that for a few weeks there, we were at 3% or even higher on that yield. And we saw mortgage rates right right at like the 4.8, you know, right below 5%. Priced them out at five myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but now in, in the last week or two, we've seen the 10-year yield actually back off a little bit. It's mm-hmm. now just kind of hanging out around 2.9%. I've seen... 30-year fixed rates, you know, more in the four and three-quarter, four and five-eighths, you know, a little bit more in what I would call the mid-fours as -hmm. opposed to the higher fours. So um, I'm seeing rates go down a bit, but the cost of that rate still staying relatively high. What I mean by that is you might be getting a 4.65 rate, but you're paying about half a point for that. Yeah, maybe. You know, and sometimes a point if you've got less than than reasonable credit scores. Um, I want to just... Uh, pepper one thing on top of the conversation you had dan about the um back in the late 60s early 70s with regards to um, unemployment and the way the fed watched inflation then versus now i mean we are such a global world now i mean we we have to look at what's happening in italy we have to look at what you know remember grexit remember brexit i mean we talk about all these things on the show if you go back to our archive library gosh we touch on all of them but um, also OPEC, you know, is going to start releasing more oil production. How's that going to be for energy? There's a lot of things that, you know, existed per se, but weren't directly tied to how well the U S economy did in the sixties and the seventies. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. That that's another one of those components that I think is hard to measure in this whole labor discussion, because if, if a company does need additional labor or does need to attract better talent, they don't necessarily need to solely rely on American labor. Not at all. You know, m- many of these largest employers, these large multinational companies, they have, they have offices all over the world. 
And so and rest assured they can make one tomorrow. Right. And with with so much of I mean, I, I read something like 45 percent of of jobs now are can be done remotely and are done remotely. I see it all the time. So if you don't have to be in a physical office to work for whatever company mm-hmm. and they have offices all over the world where you can kind of check in periodically, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another component that is probably keeping wages down because they don't, you know, we're willing to pay X for this position. And if we can't get that from the American worker, we might just offer it to this other worker in another country. Mm-hmm. So it's another component of, of our changing economy. Even, even brings to mind here. There's been a few times I've had to call the engineer during our show because something's wrong with the computer and he can get into it from home. He oh, just gets yeah. into it, fix our problem Absolutely. with our show from home. He doesn't even need to come in here. You know? I We rarely so have... kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, our whole business is done on computers. We yeah. have all these different softwares and things that we're using, and yeah. anytime there's some glitch, they're remoting into the computer. Yeah. They just go in there, and you're just watching them take over your mouse and do their thing and yeah. fix the problem, and yeah. you know, five minutes later, it's solved. There and, it is, yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's it's extremely efficient, but it does, you know. Yeah. The efficiency comes at a cost. Yeah. Um and that cost is high paying jobs there where you know you're kind of reliant on that local person who can come physically to you and or one person can now do five people's jobs because he can do it from home. Nobody needs to actually be here physically. Or the software in allows the him, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was that was something that we should talk about a little bit so that we can continue to understand what the Fed is looking at and what's most concerning to them as they continue to change policy and and which right. affects our our mortgage rates, which affects our housing market. We saw an improvement in the rates on Thursday and Friday of this week. Um, I actually left a voice message for one of my clients who just went into contract on a purchase contract that we're going to wait till. Monday, see what rates do before we decide to lock. So if you're in a transaction right now with Central Coast Lending or not, um, I think you're in a good position. I, I don't think you have to worry about the next you know, 10 to 15 days barring some unforeseen event. Um, and it'd be interesting to watch. Now, what I will say is there is a cost of waiting to see if these rates are going to go down back to where they were. If you're thinking, oh, give it six months, rates will be back to four and a quarter. I don't think they're coming back, people. Don't sit around and make your current mortgage payment. If you're thinking about getting into a 15-year mortgage, don't wait around because it's not going to go back below 4% again. I think it's time to just strike while the iron's hot. It's a good time to come in. You could sit with us this week. You could think about it for a week, and you'd still have the same rates that we propose to you, and you can make a good, solid decision. I think now's the time to do that. Whereas we've seen very historically, we'll get a nice month of nothing really, Dan, right? No up or down, and then boom, it goes one way. And I don't think it's going down, personally. No, after seeing, I mean, right now we've backed off of the high rates for the the recent period here. Um, After seeing rates approaching 5%, backing off now back to what I would say is the mid fours, Mm -hmm. um, but also knowing that we've got one or more likely two rate hikes this year, plus additional, you know, in the next few years, um, 
Absolutely not. Rates are rates yep. are on a one way path right now. Yep. Um, I think the biggest the biggest concern or the biggest headwind to that would would maybe be um, the tariff issue. If that becomes a big issue and and becomes a you know a if if it starts to slow economic growth, if it starts to um, that we can see in earnings reports. Yeah, if we start to see GDP numbers um, hurting because of that, if mm. you know that that's probably the biggest the outside biggest external headwind risk. to yeah. to rising rates. You know? But I would say on the flip side, let's just say this all boils over. <clears throat> then the then I I see investors pumping money back into the Dow Jones, back into the stock, which will make the rates go up. Absolutely. Inverse inverse are the rates to the stock market. Absolutely. So the, those are the things that we're keeping an eye on that the Fed's keeping an eye on. Um so we'll continue to talk about it. We've got a couple more minutes before the top of the hour here. Yeah. Any, any more great news? Well, there's some more news items this week. We had a couple of housing numbers. Um, we had existing home sales. We had the FHFA house price index. Um, that's always a fun one to see what housing's doing nationally year over year. Um, we saw a 6.4% increase in home prices. Mm -hmm. um, the month over month change was just a 0.1% increase. So a little below expectations, um, but still above what we consider normal appreciation rates for housing. Um, I, uh, we got some report here done internally at our company at Central Coast Lending. We're going to put it up on the website here pretty soon. It's first quarter statistics. We're a little late here. I know we're approaching the end of the second quarter, but we have first quarter statistics for um, California real estate. And I'm trying to see, um, I want to, s I could probably find it here really fast. It was about seven and a half percent. I think in California was the year over year increase. Nope. Wrong. The year-over-year -year price increase for California was closer to 9%. Mm, 8 that's 9, believable. 8.9%, the, the median price in California. Um, man, is this real? This is crazy. Yeah. It's $564,000 for the... That can't be the median priced home. For California? Yeah. That's not possible. I got like this. Well, it's I, not far-fetched, though. I mean... I mean, I believe that in our area, but that seems higher for the state. I'll have to look at this more closely during the break and see if I can figure out the number. That's, I mean, that's incredible if that's what we're, we're working with. One of the interesting things from this report, which we'll probably dive into a little more next hour, is um, really what we're seeing is a shift in housing costs, which is really, I mean, it's this whole issue that we're, we're kind of starting to starting to talk about the meaning the materials, the no, just okay. The number of the homes on the market today are higher priced homes. We're not seeing low priced homes reach the market or transact. Those numbers are down year over year by a lot. Um, well, think about it. When right? you look if at the, it by the different price categories, maybe that's those, what's throwing off your numbers. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. it'd be skewed. It'd be skewed in the higher volume. But I, 
if you own a four hundred thousand dollar home that you bought for two eighty and you've got a hundred and ten thousand dollars in equity, you can't really sell right now. I mean, when you sell that house, yeah, you got a hundred thousand down on the next place, but what are you going to buy? You're going to have to buy a four hundred fifty thousand dollar home. Now you're going to take your, you know, your eighteen fifty a month mortgage to twenty five hundred, you know, and you're not even going to get much more house, right? Right. Yeah, this is, you know, homes priced below $200,000 in California. The number of sales in that price category is down 30, you know, 32% Mm -hmm. um, year over year. Homes priced $200,000 to $300,000 is down 14% year over year. Mm -hmm. The number of homes priced $300,000 to $400,000 down 3% year over year. Homes priced four hundred thousand to five hundred thousand down seven and a half percent, and then homes priced above five hundred thousand year over year sales all up um, as you go up in those different price points. So it's you know maybe it those, does justify the chart. Those lower priced homes just they're not being sold. They're not reaching the market. The, there's just a lack of affordable housing, and we're hearing that from both existing home sales as well as new home sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a crisis. It feels like a crisis. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next hour. Um, and some of these housing numbers that came out this week as well. We're uh, approaching the top of the hour breaks. So we're going to have to take a five-minute pause in the conversation. But again, I'd like to invite you to call in and share your comments or questions. The number to call in is 805-543-8830. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. To the one song I can play on the piano. Uh, <laughs> where is that shark? <laughs> That's a 20 footer. No, it's 25. There uh, it is. Terrifying. Yeah. Look behind you. <laughs> Get out of the water. Get out of the water. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm good. I had, I had. Come in. Yeah. I got the beach ball here. <laughs> I actually was an extra in a movie with Roy Scheider. Oh wow. Uh, cool. The one we might have seen. Crappy movie. <laughs> so no. 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 Dark Honeymoon. 
but it was <laughs> I was actually in a uh, I've been extern a few things and but that one like a crappy movie but a lot of name people in it sure <laughs> they were coming up here to make a movie and be able to stay in San Luis Obispo County I think is what it was right yeah cool. but uh, Roy Scheider was the main guy in it and, and it was pretty cool it was like but they didn't want to say something stupid like get out of the water to him <laughs> yeah he's like, like you know I hear that on every set yeah <laughs> yeah. That movie came out in yeah. 1975, yeah. the yeah. original Jaws. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. They're playing it at the theater this summer. Yeah. Um when we left for before the break, I shocked myself with this California median home like, price no. number, but in fact, I read it more closely and sure enough, the median home price for March of 2018 in the state of California was five hundred and just shy of five hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. He actually rubbed his eyes, people. Yeah, He's I thought surely this must be a San Luis County number, but no, it's uh, for the state of California. Um, also for the state of California, price per square foot median in March of two th of this year was uh, up eight point two percent year over year to two hundred and seventy-six dollars. That's for the whole state. Um, that number is a lot higher here in slow county yeah i mean if you look at just really quick dan if you look at some of the the counties um single single family maximum loan limits you know marin county near san that that enclose incumbent encompasses san francisco oakland hayward uh 679 650 is the maximum loan balance on a single family residence you know and then you look at Madera County, which is where I'm hoping to buy a house soon and near in Bass Lake, is 294500 So there's certainly a spread, but we've got major metropolitan areas. Almost $700,000 is the max loan limit. Yeah, I can tell you with great certainty, a lot of times people are putting down whatever they need to put down to get to that maximum loan limit. Sometimes it's some vigorous number like 18.9% doing one in Santa Maria right now, a $990,000 home that we hope to go into contract on Monday. The guy's putting down 27.4% because he wants to get to the max loan balance of uh, 653-250, which is the max loan balance in Santa Barbara. At that point, he doesn't have to show reserves for the property like a jumbo loan would. His mm -hmm. debt to income ratio can be higher because that's what Fannie Mae allows. And so it makes sense that the median price is 564. I mean, HUD's looking at this stuff way more than we are, right, Dan? Sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild um, where housing's going. I mean, up up more than eight percent here. Ten years into a housing recovery is is still. I mean, it's it's a rapid rate of appreciation in any type of market, but here we are so far past um, a low spot. And, you know, historically, we're looking at housing running in 10-year cycles. You'd think we'd be nearing the end. You'd think those appreciation rates would be slowing down. And they are slowing down a little bit, but still not to even normal rates yet. Um, well, that, that just brings it, you know, it makes it tough for the people that haven't purchased yet, have been renting. Maybe they're younger and they're getting to that stage in their career or their stage in their life cycle where... where um, you know, they want to buy their first home and it make, it begs the question, should I rent? Right. Renting versus buying. Renting? I, this week in the Tribune, I believe it was, there was, there was this discussion, um, you know, what it takes to 
afford the median two bedroom, one bath apartment. And in our area, it's, it's $28 an hour. 28 bucks an hour is what it takes for a family to afford just a, to rent a two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just our area. When you talk about some of these other, other areas, it, it goes up quite a bit more. Like the Bay area is like $60 an hour just to afford the median two bedroom apartment. And that's why you got the traffic, right? It, People it's are driving crazy. From yeah. an hour to get to work. So exactly. they can live in an area that's, only requires $38 yeah. an hour. So I teased it a little bit, but I did find this article that was um, caught my eye, of course, as any housing-related article does. Um, but it was talking about, you know, it, this article, the whole point of it was advocating for renting versus buying, that renting's the better the better issue. It talked a lot about, about the, um, well, let's just dive into some of these points here. Why renting makes more sense. Mm-hmm. There are no, point number one, there are no taxes, interest, or maintenance costs to renting. Um, you know, you just have your rent. You have your agreed upon monthly rent. rent and is that's a, Rent it. is 100% tax. Well, that's certainly not building you anything. <laughs> right. Other than it's what it's doing is just keeping you with that roof over your head. But there's never... Uh, there's it's providing no, housing. Sure. It's providing housing. So I, I agree. I mean, that, that is one of the benefits of renting, right? You don't have to, I, I think more than just the taxes and interest, because I would argue that that's probably built in to the price of the rent, you know, the, the monthly rent. Correct. The investor is looking, or the landlord is looking at their current expenses. Right. They dictate many times they try, the market dictates a fair rent, but many times they can create income because they're covering a certain amount of of expenses, trying to yield a certain amount of cash flow. But I I do agree that there's the maintenance, right? There's the the Mm -hmm. maintenance cost of being an owner versus a renter. When you're a renter and something breaks, if your toilet doesn't work, if you're you have an, a plumbing issue or an electrical issue, you call the landlord. Mm-hmm. It's not coming out of your pocket. You call your landlord. Um, as a homeowner, that's your problem. Yeah, your phone rings when you call the landlord. <laughs> right, yeah, you're just, you're calling yourself. <laughs> um, and you're either fixing it yourself or you're hiring someone to do it. And that costs money, takes time. It's your it's your headache to deal with. Right. Um, so I agree. That is that is one advantage to to renting is that's not your problem necessarily. Correct. At the same time, you're on someone else's timeline to get it fixed. You might, depending on how good of a landlord you have, you might have to call them more than once to get it fixed. Yep. Um, so that's you know that's very true. Something to weigh there. Um, that it's something when we're counseling, uh, especially a a, a first time buyer, that that's something they need. That that's a good reason why you have reserves when you buy a home. You don't exhaust every last penny in your bank account. I so agree. Because those things come up. You're going to need to replace the hot water heater. You're going to have to fix an issue here and there. You know, as you live in a home, there's wear and tear and things need to be replaced and improved. So it's something to consider. Um, it's part of the reason why your landlord collects a security deposit as well. Sure. Let's see here. So... We'll move on. We might we might chalk up, you know, the maintenance cost as a, a pro for renting. 
Um, let's see. It's easier to pay off other debts when you don't have a mortgage. So, for instance, you can use discretionary the, the the discretionary difference. cash yeah. to pay off student loans or your auto loan. So, you know, got a quote in here from a guy. I was able to pay off my student loans in 17 months, and five months later, the car was paid off. Sounds like this guy's got a lot of discretionary income. Um, I don't know that I believe in this, this uh, rationale for renting versus buying. In today's market, we often look at the cost of renting versus the cost of buying as a way to justify the sales price of a home. Does a $565,000 home make sense in this market? Well, let's look at the mortgage cost. What's the cost of owning that $565,000 home? Let's say you put, you know, you're 20% down, you put a 120-ish down on that home and you're financing your $440,000. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have a PITI, principal interest taxes insurance, probably in the neighborhood of about, I don't know, 3000 bucks a month when it's all said and done. Well, what's the cost to rent that property? Um, well, I mean, it's going to depend on the market, but I think a five hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars home is pretty three-bedroom, two-bath median bath. in our area. One and a half, and maybe. in our area, that's probably a three-bedroom, two-bath home. And in our area, that home probably rents for around twenty-five hundred bucks a month, oh. maybe more, depending on the city. Depending on the city, so it's not that much different than owning you know owning and renting there's not a huge difference i mean maybe 500 bucks at the best but in some markets like if that three-bedroom home in san luis obispo is going to cost upwards of three grand a month so you're actually it's cheaper to own than rent although that home's probably not 565,000 either but um yeah it's a what i have the discussion with many of the borrowers i sit down with in this position is that it's it's a it's a flipping of the switch in your mind to think more about your balance sheet than your income statement sure your income statement is going to say man i'm paying more money to live but on that $440,000 loan dan that you spoke of in that in that purchase of 565 Every month, $566 is going to principal. Exactly. $568 is going to principal the next month, $570 the next month, That's the $572 thing. the next month, when $575 you're, the month after that. When you're doing that rent versus own comparison, I think it's fair to, you know, if, if renting is $2,500 a month and owning is $3,000 a month, I think it's fair to take that $3,000 a month of the mortgage and subtract out the principal portion of the payment. And what would that Because go that's to? basically, that's a, you're just taking that money from your bank account and putting it in from your checking and putting it into your savings Correct. is what you're doing. Correct. So to make it a fair comparison, if it's 500 and whatever dollars a month of principal, you might as well just subtract that. And now you've got 2,500 bucks a month for rent and what is that? Twenty five hundred bucks a month to own? Because those so, are the expenses, right? Right. Those are the, the that's the money that you don't you're make never money off see of paying again. the property tax. Right. You don't make. I mean, you get a little bit of a tax write off, but you don't make money off of of uh, you know paying insurance. It's just to protect you. Right. You don't get money off of paying the bank interest, but you have system. You have systematically created a savings account that creates a five hundred dollar on average five hundred dollar a month improvement to your balance sheet. 
So what was this point again of that renting is better than buying? Oh, it's easier to pay off your debt. Well, I, I just, I, I can't see that. Um, at least in our area and in, I would, I would, I believe also in California, I believe most areas rent is comparable to owning, especially when you, when you, when you factor reduction. in that principal portion of your mortgage payment. So when you really think about it, you should have a similar amount of discretionary income in either scenario to pay down other debts. Right. So I don't, I don't believe that point. Sometimes more, sense. we didn't mention mortgage insurance. If you had, you know, your, your scenario had a 20% down mortgage sure. insurance can cost, but then even think of this, like what is the cost? Mortgage insurance is an expense of not having to save the extra money to have 20% down. Right. Mm -hmm. So think about it. If you're going to, if you're talking about paying down debts, you can't save another $40,000 and pay down your debt. You can pay one sixty-five for mortgage insurance, not having to have the 40,000 on hand and then pay down your debts with the rest of your discretionary income. Well, and how often do we see people that buy a home, own it for a few years, the home, not only have they made payments and which is paid down a little bit of principal, but the home is appreciated 8% a year at 8% a year, 9% a year, whatever it is. And three years into owning that home, they now have 50, 60, a hundred grand in equity. That wasn't because of making a mortgage payment. It was simply because they owned that asset that's appreciated in value. And then they go through and do a refinance to consolidate debt. And they pay off all their auto loans, student loans, whatever, all in one one big sweep. And overall, their monthly cash flow improves as a result of doing that debt consolidation. So, I again, I just I Correct. don't know that that's a that's a fair point there. What's the next one, Dan? The next one has to do with that that issue we were talking about earlier, which is that renting doesn't tie you down. So mobility, this is the mobility, this is the mobility for the, the people who want to, you know, I want to live in Seattle for a year and then I want to, I want to live in, in Florida for a year. And I, I want to experience all these different places as I move around the country and maintain my, my, uh, remote job, you know, that I can, I can work remotely. So I agree, you know, it is. Well, let's talk about that really quick. Okay. Yes. You can be more mobile if you rent. Mm -hmm. um, is it possible to own a primary residence for 12 months and move out and start renting it? It's possible. Yeah. With so a mortgage on it. There are so many options, right? If you Can you move out six months in and say, hey, I'm, I'm moving to Europe. I've, I've had a, a life change, a job change. Mm. It, you can. You can. When it comes to a mortgage, when you're getting a principal residence mortgage, primary residence mortgage, you're... You sign a statement that says you're going to move in within 60 days. Your intent is to occupy within 60 days and your intent is to occupy for at least a year. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what you're, you're saying. But the reality is life happens. All of a sudden your dream job could become available in a different area and, and it forces you to move. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no, you're not breaking any laws. You, you, as long as it's not done uh, strategically, there shouldn't be malicious intent, right? Like you're going to now buy another one that's four right. blocks down. Yeah. As long as you don't go into later. it knowing that you're going to be moving out of it in three months or whatever. It's gotta be like the, 
I can't see a whole lot of people doing that either. I mean, moving around the country. I mean, well, like with you, I mean, you got kids. Okay, your first grade's going to be at this school in this city. Second grade's going to, you know. Right, so, right. You know, I agree yeah. with you on that mobility. Yeah. At some, yeah, sure. When you're in your your twenties yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah mobility is great and all that. But at some point, you know, when you start to get a little further along in life and you have a family, it, 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 there's some benefits to having some stability for your children. They they have friends and they want to maintain those friends and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but to Mike's point, you know, there are other options for real estate. You could rent the property out. There's, you know, you could do long-term rental or the Airbnb type of rental. Um, there's you do home exchanges there, you know, and I think about this market, we've got all of, you know, th- this California report said there's like 2.9 months of inventory in the state of California. It's like that in a lot of other places too. Right. Um, if you decide that you want to be mobile and uproot yourself from wherever to go move to the next spot, uh, you could probably sell your home in about 30 days. <laughs> 34 days is the average open open escrow to close, paid, done timeline right now. knowing that uh, homes are appreciating nationally at 6.5% a year, statewide at close to 9% a year, you're probably going to come out ahead when you sell that. And then you're going to go, you could use that, the, the equity, the money that you get out of it to go buy a new home, or maybe you decide you want to rent wherever you're going. So I don't know that it's tying you down, especially not in this market. There's a lot of options. I disagree with the mobility point. I, I, I'm with you. Let's see. The stock market can offer better returns than home ownership. So this is a this is a common thing where you would like in life insurance there's multiple types of life insurance there's term life insurance where you just get you know when if the policyholder passes away they get a death benefit but then there's other life insurance where you know it ties investments to the life insurance where you build up a cash value and that policy is a lot more expensive so many times in the trade of insurance, we say, why don't you just buy term insurance, which is cheaper, and just invest the difference. Invest it in something else. Don't invest it in this life insurance. It's a strategy. If you did that in the rental market, you'd have to look at, again, you'd have to look at what your total mortgage expense would be, okay? Right. And then you'd have to look at what your real rent would be, and then you'd have to less out the principal like we talked about. Then you would invest that difference. So what are you going to invest monthly? Like, $187. That's like the difference. This is the, I, I, mean, I would make the exact same argument for this point as I did for, oh, it's easier to pay off debt when you're renting versus owning. The, the whole presumption here is that you have more discretionary income when you're renting. Mm-hmm. Because either way, if you're going to, if you're going to invest your discretionary income in the stock market or into home ownership, um, either way, you need to have a roof over your head, right? Sure. Right. We all have that. And we've already gone through the math that renting is really similar to owning as far as a monthly cash flow situation. So, again, I don't think that you have any additional discretionary income to invest into the stock market by renting than you would by owning. Yeah. Well, in, in most markets, at least. We should have one of our friends from Blakesley and Blakesley here <laughs> for that one. Right. They might disagree. But I don't know. I just don't see it. I, with right now, Rents are moving high, high, as high as home prices are. Yeah, they, they continue to track uh, the cost of housing. 
Let's see. Here's another point. When renting, your assets stay liquid. All right. 34 days is the average amount of time <laughs> to open up an escrow and close on your house. Yeah, it so might be that's a, not terribly a little liquid. bit less liquid than... Uh, it's not illiquid. Right. But it's not a checkbook. Yeah. I mean, you can so always... That, that's true. Yeah, it's true. I would true. say in that context, it's true. Yeah. I mean, if your money's in the stock market, you can get it in seven days. You have to sell just like you'd have to sell a house, but you can get the money quicker. So the idea here is that you've got a chunk of money that you're going to put down on a home to own it. Mm -hmm. And that's money that's now no longer liquid. It's now equity in your home. Sure. Well, there's there's alternatives. There's alternatives. You know, we see you can you don't have to put a big chunk of money down to own a home. We see a lot of minimum down where it's three or five percent down to own a home. So now we're not talking about a huge chunk of money. Um, right. But on the contrary, the less you put down, the more that rent versus own sure. equation points towards renting. Sure. You, you can, can always have an equity line available. You don't necessarily have to draw on it, but you could have an equity line available, which keeps that equity fairly liquid for you. You true. could draw on it. Um, so I don't know. I would agree in that one that it is having your money in a cash account and or the stock market is more liquid than real estate. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, let's see here. There are fewer tax incentives to buy these days. Okay. Yeah. What are I your mean, tax incentives to rent? There's not, but there's less incentives. There's zero to so own. Are there less than zero? To own? <laughs> no, there's not <laughs> okay. because you do have a mortgage interest deduction, which is probably the biggest, one of the biggest economic, well, especially. And property tax up yeah. to a certain amount. There's yeah, so those things are are benefits. They're um, you know they they help you out with your income tax. You can deduct interest up to a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage, um, and then property taxes up to ten thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. there's some deductions, and yeah, there's not a single deduction when you're paying rent. But the savings, right? Right, you save money. So there are fewer any more tax incentives. Um, our values have changed. What meaning, like core I, values? This goes back to mobility. Okay, okay. I mean, uh, personal preference is a part of consumerism. Yeah, and that's it. That's really it. I'd like to amend one. It might sound petty, but mm-hmm. um, you don't have to think about what color paint you're going to pick for any of the rooms when you rent. You don't have to really think about it adding anything to your house like switching out a better faucet fixture you don't have to take on any type of shall i say um improvement or enjoyment to your house when you're renting because you don't own it so you can't do anything to it Mm -hmm. and that seems petty because i'm really just pointing back at one of the benefits of owning um certainly when you buy a house please 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 don't leave yourself with a thousand dollars at the close of escrow because i guarantee you guarantee you that we are creatures and we want to nest and your significant other, male or female, is going to want to paint a room a different color. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn the aisles at Home Depot. Right now, if you go there and you're a renter, you're like, who goes down all these aisles? Homeowners do. Yeah, aisle, plumbing aisle, 26 in the back. That's where the plumbing fixtures are. You'll get very familiar with your home and what needs to be done. You'll start creating a punch list. You don't have to do that if you're a renter, but I will say this, 
if you're a real homeowner, meaning like you want to live here and make this place your own, your nest, that that is an expense that you learn to enjoy. Yeah. It starts becoming you. It's like a home is a is a reflection of your artistic style. Or it's not. Well, how about you know, you think about renting and how competitive it is too. I mean Oh, applications you, or when you stacks. own a home, I mean, yeah, own buying is competitive too, but you can take your time and make sure that you find the right home. And if you have you. a good realtor, they can they can design deals that are not on market yet. I mean, so yeah. So but with renting, I mean, when you own a home, you have that opportunity to make that home yours. You can really continue to do those things that you're talking about. You can make the improvements, make the changes that you want and really evolve that home into an extension of the way you live. And with renting, it may be really difficult to find that ideal house because it's just so competitive. It's hard mm. to find the 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 landlord that's going to let you have the pets that you want to have. Right. Um, you know, it's just, it's more challenging. You can grow your family more effectively if you know you have an extra room. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, we might be a little biased, but. We're terribly biased. It's going to be We're hard. We're both to... homeowners. I think we both have lived in our house for at least three or four years. Yeah. So we've gone through all these steps of ownership. I, I am tickled pink monthly that I don't have to think about when my lease is coming up. I know exactly what my payment's going to be for another 27.34 months. Yeah. You know, while my, uh, while my assets may be less liquid, my assets have grown in value and, yeah. uh, that wouldn't have happened by renting. True. Um, so anywho, maybe we should take a small break. I think we should. For some of our sponsors. So we've got a half an hour after we come back from the break, we're going to talk about more neat stuff regarding mortgages <laughs> and why renting and owning is something to really think about this time of year. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. We'll be right back. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. With trade wars escalating, the market is seeing some serious volatility. Are you nervous? With banks not paying anything on their CDs, where can you put short-term funds for decent growth? Look no further than Century Financial Consultants. We have a new five-year guarantee product paying 3.6%. This product is tax-deferred unlike a traditional CD, and your rates won't change like an indexed annuity. You're guaranteed. Contact Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 324-7914. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. 
Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. So, last month, I took the family to an Oakland A's game, and we went on a Friday, and it was Star Wars-themed fireworks night. Oh, okay. So my son asked me, he's like, why do the A's like Star Wars so much? Because he has an A's t-shirt with like some Star Wars, Star Wars people on it, too. Why do the A's like Star Wars so much? I don't know. I think everybody likes Star Wars. Yeah. Is there anyone that doesn't like Star, Star Wars? Wars? It's right. awesome. Darth Vader's coming down the hall behind you, Dan. Yeah, Darth Vader's so... <laughs> 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 it's all right. I'll just use the Force. Yeah. <laughs> May the Force be with you. Star Wars is so popular everywhere. I have a... Um, and it's been popular for so long. My yeah. wife has a friend that's younger. I think she was born in 89. Mm-hmm. And um, hasn't seen Star Wars. And like... What? I was, I was oh. I was driving <laughs> I was like, a motor vehicle when that's I, like you pull over to the side of the I, road when I heard this information. <laughs> pull out your smartphone. You say we're stopping for two hours. We're watching this right now. Yeah, and I, I just don't think that she. Uh, you know, the problem, uh, other than the fact that she hasn't watched it, is that like it just doesn't make an impact on these people when they see it. Like, because you're you when you explain it, you're like it's it's Star Wars, like you know yeah. Star Wars, and they're they're expecting something like magical which i think it is but they watch it and they're like i mean it's okay I don't know. yeah you know weird i can't be friends with those she's no. um <laughs> yeah she's an outdoorsy person mm-hmm. does that make sense i like the outdoors too you yeah. can I, what's more outdoors than outer space exactly exactly <laughs> right come on the argument is just not working with Dan and no, I, I, I was like, <laughs> I'm just trying to roll out of this discussion now. But I, I do think yeah. that uh, yeah. Star Wars is probably, I mean, gosh, I can't, can't think of a more cult classic movie. No. Speaking of cult classics, Sandlot is a 25 anniversary, 25 yeah. year anniversary. All the, all the teams, I think, have some kind of Sandlot promo deal going on. Yep. Like, Doing the movie at the ballpark and sit on the grass or something. Yeah, or the Dodgers mm-hmm. did that for Father's Day yeah, weekend. Pretty cool. Very cool. That's a great movie too. I watched it with my dad because we didn't go to the game. We watched it on Saturday. It was good. Yeah, I mean, classic scenes. Yeah, even as I get older, I it, there's you can always relate to that movie. Yeah, um, if your kids are six, seven, eight, 
nine, ten years old, please, please show them the Sandlot. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. They'll love it. Um, all right. Where were we? Back to business, huh? We uh, we were talking about housing. Of course, we just went on our thirty minute rant uh, uh, about why getting a mortgage. About why owning, I think, is still the the better option if you want to someday not have a housing payment. That's the other thing that we, I didn't even get to that point, and I'm glad I just thought of that. Um, w- rent never stops. It never stops. If you want to be a lifelong renter, you'll be paying it for your entire life. Right. I mean, that and and rent. Let's see. I think back to rent when I first started paying rent when I was, what, all of 19 years old. Uh, yeah, how much does that go it, up? It was, it, it was, I mean, it was felt expensive then, but when I look back, it seems pretty affordable given what it is today. Um I can only imagine that it's going to continue going up as most things do. So yeah, most definitely rent's going to keep going higher and it's going to go for eternity. Um, the other thing we didn't talk about in home ownership is um, the ability to collect rent. Sure. Right. I mean, we talked about moving and mobility, but at some point you, that house that you once bought to um, combat the rental market can start paying you a return. It can it can. And I, you know, before you even get to starting to make a profit on the home, I, I think the first big objective is to reduce the expense of owning that home, right? By paying it off. Mm-hmm. Um, Managing some maintenance. That's, you know, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I, well, I do know about you. Um, we both are in, uh, in a position in our work life where we're not going to have a pension right. coming to us. If we're lucky, we'll have some social security um, income. But the biggest path for us, one of the biggest hurdles to ever retiring is going to be reducing that monthly um, liability liability that we have, which the greatest part of that by far is the homeowners, the the housing part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So unless these lifelong renters have the prospect of, of some kind of pension that's going to afford them the ability to continue paying rent forever, you're going to be working until you die too. Um, I personally don't want to do that. I'd, I'd like to be able to have some retirement years where I don't have to work. And a big piece of that is paying off my home. Yeah. And, and that's where the rent and put money in the stock market for the difference conversation resurfaces. I think that you can have a retirement portfolio that is, predominantly stock, but you're at the mercy of the stock market. Then when you own a house, maybe outright or almost in full rents, just continue. You know, I think that it gives you a nice stability. I think you should have a combination of all things, but I do think, um, if you're in that 25 to 35 age bracket, getting a house right now just made your retirement easier. Mm -hmm. If you can hold on to that thing, uh, my full plan, and many of my close friends that have a modest home, first home, is never to sell that thing. I'm never selling it because eventually it will be paid off. And then that's who knows what rents are going to be 27 years from now when that thing's paid off. Mm-hmm. I know that my costs are going to stay the same the whole time, and I might be getting I might be getting five thousand dollars a month in 27 years from now. For, right. For a house, I only have property tax and insurance expense on, and maybe some lawn. Man- maintenance expenses right, and, and the ever so often water heater that blows up or 
you know, and, roof that needs to be repaired. And some of the, I mean, those things do go up, right? A little bit. Property taxes oh, go sure. up about 2% a year. And I'm sure insurance and maintenance are going to go up slightly. But those are fairly minimal increases compared to what that rents that you can make right. on that property is going to do. Right. So, yeah. I. Uh, Great content, though. Good article. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun to debate that. Um, there was another... Um, housing number that came out last week and it was existing home sales. So it's, uh, you know, we call them used homes, right? Those are the homes that, that are there, not the new ones, right? The ones that have been there. Someone else Um, lived in it before you. These homes, uh, we're seeing less of them sell year over year and month over month, (laughs) year over year, existing home sales were down 3%. And a lot of that has to do with inventory. Um, inventory, nationally is at right around four months. It looks like is no. it really well nationally. Oh, I see nationally inventory. Yeah. I think it's at four months is what it looks like. I saw in this California statistics here for the first quarter, um, this report that I have inventory continues to decline in March of this year, there was only 2.9 months of supply in the state of California. And when I look at a chart that goes back to January of 2015, almost every single month, the, the inventories continued to decline. The year-over-year change has gone down since mid 2015 to today. Um, yeah. So, and that's, that's a big piece of why we continue to see this above average appreciation. Um, yeah. It just, it just sets the table for the seller's market. Yeah, it really does. So it's, uh, it's competitive out there. I think that was Local, all the- locally. We see a lot of, of builders starting to um, move dirt and create more inventory. I think that that, that will be exciting in 2019. I don't see a lot of that. Late this fall, Rigetti Ranch here in San Luis Obispo proper will have some units. I know Trillium, Trillium in the Royal Grande off of Grand Avenue is is that complex right across the street from Figaro Mountain Brewery. Mm-hmm. Is I don't know exactly. I feel like they're 80% sold. They're not all built, but they're 80% sold. Um, we've got some activity up in Atascadero with new properties. Um, there's a parcel in North Morro Bay. I drive by it every single day because it's between me and the office. And it, uh, it's it been a, I want to say about an acre piece of dirt for the 15 years that I've lived there. And it's had this big sign planted. It's right on Main Street in North Morro Bay. Um, and it's had a sign forever that it's a, you know, uh, multifamily zone. zone parcel and the guy wants to sell it. And about a month or two ago, the big chain link fence went up around the parcel. The sign was down. Tractors moved in. They've been moving dirt all around. And I understand it's going to be 23 condominium units. Mm. So it's good to, to see there's some, you know. So it's an acre. A large number of homes. Yeah. About yeah. an, I, I would guess yeah. twenty three makes sense because you can't you can have twenty three point nine units in an acre yeah. to county code. So, so yeah, that's that's what it looks like. Um, and and yeah, it's just it's great to see 
that parcel, I mean, it was just a parcel where people would park a car for sale or something for a long time. And yeah. now it's going to be 23 new housing units in Morro Bay that should be at the lower end of the price, you know, point in Morro Bay. I don't know Main Street well enough. I know you do. But it's, uh, what's uh, a cross street there? I don't know the cross street. Oh. It's right next door to, I want to say it's one of those, um, is it a best Western with the pool right there on, you could see it from highway one. Okay. It's just to the right. Anyway. Not Guantana, is it? No, it's, uh, it's North Main. It's when you kind of take the it, highway one, you go past the Morro Bay Boulevard exit and hit that straightaway. That's going to take you towards Cayucas. And before you hit the first stoplight there in Morro Bay mm-hmm. um, on Highway 1, it's on the right side next to right, sandwiched in between a hotel and a residential street. This inventory you bring up, Dan, that's getting so low, um, making it a, a seller's market, has really drawn a lot of interest towards people buying land and building their own home. Mm-hmm. I know at our firm specifically, we've gotten quite a bit of inquiry about our one-time closed loan product, which is a new construction product where you can buy land from the seller and during the course of escrow, um, design a plan, um, work out a budget, get your contractor to commit to that budget. And we can close escrow with the giving you the amount to purchase the land and build the house, move in within nine months if it's stick built and six months if it's a manufactured home. So that, that in itself is a way for us to, you know, carve out a slice of inventory that isn't there now. Certainly it's a different transaction, right? For the buyer, a lot mm-hmm. more moving parts really need to hunker down and know that this is what you want to do. Otherwise I would just advise you to wait out and be patient for the purchase existing home purchase market. Yeah. I I feel like just my own personal feeling as I, you know, drive around neighborhoods or whatever, I feel like I'm seeing a few more for sale signs popping up, but they're definitely, you know, expensive. I mean, the homes are expensive. In Morro Bay, it's hard to find anything in the 500,000 range. It seems like everything's high fives to sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, Los Osos, I saw a really beautiful, well-maintained three-bedroom, two-bath for 550 Um that seemed, you know, for quality, it had like a remodeled kitchen and a well-maintained yard and mm-hmm. you know, everything about it looked really clean. Mm-hmm. Definitely looked like the person who owned it had lived there. It wasn't like a renter necessarily. Um, so it's just things are, are expensive, but, you know, well, there the is stuff out coast, there. You know, it's coastline for sure mm-hmm. in, in demand. You go down into South County, Napomo, South AG, and you can get, you know, an acre, acre and a half of land in a decent house for... 575, 550. You know, for a long time, um, we were doing a lot of USDA lending, which was a way for people locally to buy a home with very little money out of pocket. Um, I mean, less than $1,000 out of pocket. Right. USDA is a 100% financing loan program. It's um, it's a government loan. So the, the rates on those tend to be a little bit better than conventional. As well as the um, mortgage insurance. Had minimal mortgage insurance. So it was a really great way, but it it's really restrictive on debt to income. And with the way home prices have gone, it just really becomes nearly impossible to qualify at the 
home, there's an income restriction, a DTI restriction, and a geographic restriction. So when you put it all together, it becomes really hard to afford a home that's over $400,000 and still fit under those different income and debt to income ratio caps. Right. So when you start to see most of the area, you know, going above $400,000, then that loan program kind of loses its its effectiveness in our area. Right. But we were talking during the break that there's another option that can kind of get you similar results. Um, and it's, it, it just allows you to do a little more and it's through Cal HFA, um, which is a product that we offer. Um, the California finance housing finance authority offers some down payment assistance and closing cost assistance, uh, loan programs, um, that you can tack on to a conventional or, or FHA, um, loan that mm-hmm. will help you come up with that minimum down payment and come up with the closing costs. And you can do it in such a way that you can, I mean, virtually with no money out of pocket, That's correct. Um, own a home. And for San Luis Obispo County, I just looked up the income limit for that. It's $164,000 of income. And it's only based wow. on the applicants on the loan. So it's not looking at all household income. It's just looking at the the folks that are qualifying. So if if just right, unlike the USDA loan, if you have someone over eighteen, we have to take their income right. Then we're looking that. at all household income, but here we're looking at just the applicant income. So the cap on the income is a a high. Um, it, it feels like a high number at one hundred and sixty four thousand um, dollars, and then the debt to income ratio cap is forty five percent. So that's a pretty and the loan amount cap, I think, goes up to $700,000. Um, so you can, it actually allows you to buy a home at a realistic price point here in our area. Indeed, indeed. And there's a way, as you know, I highly recommend you speak with one of our loan officers to engineer that setup because there's certain things you can and can't qualify. There's different debt to income ratios in this in this program. Um, looks like we've got a caller from Santa Maria. Hey, Rick, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks again for a great show. Uh, I always enjoy listening. You bet. Um, I, I just wanted to mention uh, one thing. I'm not sure if I heard it correctly, and if I did, I think your decibel point is off uh, just a bit. I think at the um, onset of this hour, you started talking about uh, the hourly co- cost of rentals are about $28 an hour. Um, if that's the case, I took a, like a $2,000 a month rent divided by the number of hours in a, in a month, and it comes out to be about $2.87 an hour. Um, so I'm not sure if I heard it correctly or, you know, you guys got some erroneous information. Well, I, I, I know, I feel confident with the 27 or 28 bucks an hour to afford the you know, the median two bedroom apartment in the area. It was Rick it came right from the tribune. Rick, what's what's not in your equation, what's not present, I believe, is that it's not that a hundred percent of a earner's income goes to their housing payment. Right, right. It's it's trying to keep the housing portion of the monthly debt at about thirty seven. Thirty one ish, yeah, mid thirties percent. Okay, so what I, I was so you'd have I to add I in food. Misunderstood. I yeah. thought you were talking about the actual yeah. rents divided by the, no, no, no. the number of hours in a month. No, oh, it's to okay. it's trying to 
put the housing at a reasonable ratio of the total income so that the 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 renter still has money to you know buy food and all the other stuff that it takes to live uh, i understand the other uh, the other comment that i wanted to make um there's two things you don't want me to start talking about one is real estate the other is surfing I'll talk here off, Man, we've only uh, got four minutes line. left, Rick. I've, I've been a long-term, um, you know, uh, owner of rental properties, and I'm always encouraging my residents to buy their own property and yeah. I'll help them in a lot of ways. Oh, good. But one of the factors that you're not considering for somebody really not um, having the best experience with a, um, a rental is the fact that most landlords are they do a very, very poor job at it. So you have to deal with people yeah. that don't earn our respect. Um, I'm constantly being told I'm the best landlord they've ever had, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, because I take care of business. But most landlords don't. Right. And I just wanted to kind of point that out, that that's really a big incentive for people to go out and buy if they can possibly afford it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. Hey, Rick, thanks for calling in today. Have a great weekend. Uh, you do the same. Thanks again for a great show. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Yeah, just to um, drive that point home about the affordability of rent, $27 an hour works out to about $56,000 a year of income. Right. And that's, uh, you know, what? You want to get that average. That's that's like It was like $4,600 a month. Yeah, 40, yeah. And at, at, you know, one third of that is 1500 bucks, basically. Yep. So 1500 bucks for a two-bedroom apartment seems about right, right? Yep. So that that's what it is. Yeah. When we talk about affordability, um, those affordability numbers are always based on housing being about one third of the total income so right. that there's money left over. I mean, obviously a chunk of, and it's based on gross income too. That's right. So you part of that right goes to taxes, health insurance, and then the rest, you know, yeah. is your discretionary for food, right. uh, utilities, student your loans, clothes, all the things, you know, all the other stuff. Dan, you were touching on some really good ideas here for affordable, uh, excuse me, for almost down payment assistance. Sorry. Right, right. Cal HFA is a as we're wrapping up a very good product, and it's realistic as opposed to USDA, which you know, as as homes continue to appreciate in value and and eclipse that four hundred and four fifty price point, which is kind of the where it seems that USDA works is at that four fifty and under level, mm-hmm. and really for that to work, you have to have no consumer debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of squeeze into that. But most people, they have maybe an auto loan, they have some credit cards, they have different things, student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, it bec- the USDA really doesn't work. So then you have to figure out how am I going to come up with that down to buy a home? Cal HFA, great option. The income limit's high, the debt to income ratio is reasonable, and it allows you to buy up to a $700,000 home. So yeah. it's really a good product to at least investigate. And I think that, you know, there's exploration involved in this, in this pre-approval process. We'll show you how those, um, the down payment assistance will affect you when you go to sell and how, how it will not affect you during the course of the loan on this subject property. Exactly. So, um, you know, we love helping people figure that out, figure out their path to home ownership, um, and conversations are always free. Uh, we'll take as much time as you need to walk you through the process, walk you through the budgeting, um, talk to you about all the different loan programs. We're not going to limit you to just one thing. We we have every product available to us, and we want to share that information with you um, and try to figure out what makes the most sense for you. So if you need that kind of help, if you want to get pre-qualified, if you want to, even if you're 
your aspirations to own are uh, 12 or 24 months out or more. You know, it's never too early to start that conversation, start figuring out how to build credit, the right credit profile, and uh, talk about savings and all that kind of stuff that it takes to own a home. We love to help people. Uh, one number rings all of our Central Coast Lending offices in the county. It's 805-543-LOAN. That's 805-543-5626. You can also find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. You can begin the application process there if you like. Um, let us know how we can help you. That's why we're here. We'll see you next week with another edition of Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters.